Well, this morning as we move forward, we're pausing in our Hero Series. And as we pause in our Hero Series, it is for a very particular reason. It's one I'm extremely excited about. Uh, last week, uh, for those that were here, I heard you had a, a light group in the house last week. How'd you feel about that? Did you feel abandoned? Raise your hand if you felt abandoned. Was it, was it, was it, yes, we have two people that felt abandoned. <laughs> did, did you, did you, uh, how many of you were saying, yes, like there's only 50 of us. This is awesome. I want to get down to 25. How many of you, that, that was your thing? None of you? Not a single one of you. Yes. Well, let's see if we can't do something about that at 10.30 in the morning, Lyndon. That's some good information. This morning, I have a very simple question to ask you. If you were part of uh, the group that did the church retreat last week, this is a little bit of rehash for you, but it'll be good. We're uh, in a theme this year called Build. And so I actually announced and taught through the series while up at church retreat, which makes a whole lot of sense because so many of you weren't there. So you're going to have to get the notes. You're going to have to ask uh, if you want me to preach it here. You're going to get the tail end today. Uh, we started with the idea of something that was self-built and the fallacy of that, and yet that's the world we live in where we're always, or at least often, measuring our, uh, our perception or our value based off of what I can do. And that always has its limitations, especially spiritually it has its limitations. Secondly, we talk about building the code. How many of you ever had to build something and uh, you had to go get it permitted? And that was like your favorite thing next to a root canal, <laughs> right? I say that because I, I just had one, so, you know, both of those things are just great joys in my life, right? Building the code, but actually the focus and where we were going with that is that here at CBC, we want to make sure that our people are building according to this code. You see, the code keeps getting changed. Over and over and over, the code gets changed. Have you ever gotten, you know you're turning into this, this point in your life where you're adulting, this is how you know. When you start thinking about the idea of, you know, your fresh approach, right? Your fresh approach uh, working against how it's always been done. All of a sudden you start thinking about, hmm, I wonder when my ways or my agenda is going to become antiquated and my kids are going to come up and they're going to say, you're old. You know, that's how they used to do it. You need to do it differently. But Wait! Wait, this is the right way to do Oh, no, 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 no. Don't you remember, Mom, Dad, when you... By the way, my children have never said this. Um, don't you remember, Mom and Dad, when, when you came in, you had all the fresh ideas. You changed the code for the better. Now we're going to change it for the... See, nobody likes to talk about that. That's the elephant in the room. The beauty of life that Christ has set up for us is he's given us a code that works for all time. It's unchangeable. It works for all time. 
Then we finish with the idea of built to last, and really that's what we're going to be looking at today. So I have a question for you. Uh, also, if you are, now I need to be very specific with this. If you are under the age of 14, now I'm going to back it down to 12. We have things for you to do, and, and hopefully you picked those up when you went out. If I see anybody over the age of 12 go out and get a kid's bulletin, bring me one too, okay? I'll work it with you. The idea today is built to last, and really this launches our build campaign. I'm very excited about the idea of launching this today, because how many of you have ever been part of a build campaign where you get frustrated? It seems like church leadership is all about money, and church leadership is just asking you for money for buildings and parking lots and structures and stuff like that. Well, I'm not going to hide it. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to ask that because you're going to see what God has given us. And now we need to affirm that we believe God's moving by action, not by words, but by action. But as we work into that, this idea of built to last, what we want to build when we pull together with the Lord, we build things that last. And that's where our passage is. My question to you is, as I turn around and I make it back to my position one here, I want you to think about what is it that you own, that you asked for, that you wanted, and it has lasted. It has lasted and it still means something to you. Be thinking about that. And we're going to pull up this passage. Turn to 1 Corinthians 10 if you will. As you do so, let me refresh your memory about a great martyr for Christ, Jim Elliott, a missionary who said many wise things. He gave everything. His work has lasted way beyond his life. His partnership his abiding with the lord has lasted way beyond his life this is what we're looking at today and jim had a great quote jim was martyred uh, down in the amazon along with his friends and he says this he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose i have yet to find a statement that does a better job of synthesizing what we're talking about today. Building to last. Why are we focusing on this? Because our passage, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, speaks to this idea of building. We're building on the foundation of Christ. You cannot build spiritually on any other foundation. Amen? Amen. And then he says, and someone else is building on what I did. Do you realize that what we are doing here at CBC, we're building on what the generations did before us for, for decades here at 4975 Concord Boulevard. Let us never forget what those individuals did. But what Paul's talking about here is that Apollos, remember the Corinthian church had this, had this issue, right? right? It was like political season. Right? And they're like, I'm of this person, I'm of this person, I'm of this person, and we just we can't help ourselves, can we? We have to we have to espouse who we line up with. We love to talk about and so the Corinthian church was doing this, and Paul says, Look, I built as a master builder, a skilled master builder. I built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And guess what? I'm out. Now someone else is building upon it. 
Brothers and sisters, when we build according to the kingdom, we need to understand we're in a partnership. We are abiding with Christ. We are working with Him, and we get a privilege of a window to do so. One of the best ways I can help you understand when you start clutching too tightly to uh, what it is that has been accomplished or you've been privileged to accomplish at your local church and through your church is think about it like you're on the mission field. You don't own the work. You and I have the privilege of partnering with that work at that particular period of time. That's the best way to cherish what is being done with what will last. Have you ever returned back somewhere and you've wondered if what you were part of was still there? Up at camp last week, I talked about how I used to work construction and I helped build a, uh, I think it was a six or seven story uh, corporate building down on Ventura Boulevard in, in the valley in Los Angeles and uh, learned to steel frame. And on one of those, one of those steel studs, it says, Jeremy loves Janine. And I think it's on four, floor three and it's hidden behind the, uh, the coffee machine, probably the coffee machine area as I imagined it. And sure enough, as uh, as we would drive by on occasion, even if we were on the 101, the worst freeway in the world, traveling past, I would always tell the kids, I would always, it didn't matter who you were. You could have been visiting. You could have been like, I could have been doing Uber, and I still would have told you, hey, I built that building. I built it. It's still standing. I built that building. How many of you have ever done that? Any of you? Uh, like, you're involved in some project around, and you're driving, and you're like, hey, I, I worked on that. I did that, Right? built to last spiritually can you say that because that's what paul's talking about imagine all the things we do all the things churches do and when put through this test that you're about to see when put through the test it just burns up have you ever seen flash paper that magicians use that's the image i want you to get in your mind all the work that churches do that God will put it to the test and if it survives great there's going to be a reward but if it doesn't pfft. the leadership here at CBC does not want us to engage in things that are going pfft. in every aspect of what we do so let's look at the scripture shall we hopefully you're there and let's think about this concept he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Built to last. We're going to be in verses. I'm going to read the whole thing just because I love it. 10 through 15, but we're going to focus on 13 and 14. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And someone else is building upon it. That someone else was Apollos. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. So we're to look with great effort and concern and discipline what we do for the spiritual kingdom of God. We need to take care. And now Paul tells us, he gives us parameters how to answer that, how to measure that. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Here at CBC, everything is foundational in Jesus Christ. Everything. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. 
For the day will disclose it. That day is the judgment day when we stand before the Lord. And you've heard the parable. Most of you have heard the parable about the talents. And the Lord says to the three individuals, I gave you this. What did you do with it with the time I gave you? And three of them or two of them walk in and say, hey, I, I multiplied it out some, you know, twofold, some fivefold. Uh, I kind of, you know, I'm embellishing the story a little bit just to get through it quickly. But you get the point. The last person was what? Fearful. He was fearful. He didn't understand his partnership, did he? Are you hearing me? He did not understand his partnership. And in the end, which is exactly what Paul's speaking about, that day will disclose it. These are Jesus' words. To the others, he says, what? He says, welcome. You've been faithful with what? With little. Now I'm going to give you much. Enter into your joy. But to the one who did nothing, he said, you are wicked. You are wicked. There's much at stake. So when Paul says, take care how you build on this, we can see, look, we really need to focus on this. What are we building with? Are we building for something that will last when put to the test? And so at the very end here, Paul says what? He says, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a what? A reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. How many of you are signing up for that second part, that second program? You're like, uh-huh, yeah, uh, that's all I want, man. I just want my condo in heaven. I'm cool with showing up with nothing. That's good. Yet we have churches that, so many churches is about the show. And some kind of experience where you all have to do nothing. That's great seminary grammar. You all have to do nothing. I'd get an F right there. Except for the y'all, right. If I was from Dallas Seminary, I'd get an A. But we create a monster that's there for entertainment, and that's supposed to lead you to building something that will last, that will create a reward? Brothers and sisters, my, my main desire this morning is that you abide with Him. And that you produce much fruit, therefore proving that you are his what? His disciples. Do you know why that's my desire? Because that's Christ's desire. That's what he said. So how can you be successful? How can you make sure that what you're building, what we're building at CBC, what you're building personally in your life, spiritually, is going to last? I'm glad you asked me. Let's do a little litmus test, shall we? So built to last. We did a great... Uh, uh, or had a great moment June 2nd. June 2nd, we had the, uh, the titles to the two modulars that are going to be our new expansion for our children's ministries and eventually a counseling center and new offices. We had those titles in our hand. We had a, a ribbon-cutting ceremony. And Declan, where are you, buddy? Declan, look, you're cutting the ribbon right there. You see that? And Isabel and... You're going to get a great children's 
program and a great children's building. That was an exciting time. And then the pastor thought he would just push it a little bit too hard. Right? Hey, everybody. The old bait and switch. Did you feel like you got sold a used car? Right? Hey, everybody, come on over for the ribbon cutting. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be jump houses and cotton candy. You get to hit a clown. You know, it'll be great. No, we got done with that. And I said, hey, if you want. I did say it. I know I said it. If you want, meet me on the playground in 30 seconds. And let's see what we can do out there. Some of you are visiting today. You have no idea what we're talking about. Our playground out here every year gets overgrown by this weed. I don't know what it is. It has flowers, so some people get duped into believing it's supposed to be there. No, it's hideous. It's insipid, and it's taking over the playground, and one, ch one child's missing. I think the vines just came up and sucked him down. We don't know where he is, if you can... Anyway, so what I did is I stood up on the bridge of the playground, and I said... In 30 seconds, we're all going to pull together. That was the key phrase. We're all going to pull together only for five minutes. That's it, just five minutes, and we're going to see what we can do. Four or five trash cans full of weeds. Some parents stood there with their jaws like this because they saw their children picking weeds. They couldn't believe it. I watched, it was either Noah or Mason walk up with a stack of weeds bigger than his body and Holly's kind of squatted down and he just shoves it into her and she falls backwards and he thought it was the greatest thing in the world and I'm not sure what Holly's thinking. But when we finished, almost all the weeds were gone from there. It would have taken one person a week to pull those weeds. In five minutes, what we were able to do together was amazing. And I did not pay this person, but we were in, at like two minutes and, and 85 seconds. You do the math. <laughs> and somebody, Treya, just stands up and yells. She gets it in the midst of the activity together, right? She says, hey, CBC, we're what? Pulling, it wasn't that soft. She, that's a little bit more like what it was. This is our statement during this build campaign. If we pull together first, abiding with him, we're going to go to that scripture in just a second in John 15. If we pull together with Christ, all these things we've been hearing in the Hero series, all of those things and more, are possible you will be amazed what christ will do through you because he desires to work his kingdom out through his people now when his people resist that and when his people don't want to be involved it kind of has that feel of that person in verse 15 that you know yeah they they get their condo in heaven but you know what it's kind of in the inner city there's no beachfront views. There's no room service. I'm trying to think of all the things you guys would want in heaven. Um, you heard the words of Paul that it will be one as narrowly escaping the flames. 
There's so much more that Jesus wants to do with his people when we pull together. So I asked you a question a little bit ago. What's that thing that, that you have asked for that has lasted? What is something at CBC that has made an impact on you? Now let me change that. What is something that has happened at CBC that has made an impact on the kingdom that has lasted? Can I just share with you? I especially like Jim right here, peeking like he's trying to figure out what's going on. This crew right here pulled together when I had to leave town. We were waiting for our tables to arrive. It was for a major event. I think it was our fall festival. And there was a big mix-up with the shipping. And I'd been on the phone multiple times all weekend trying to get it. And sure enough, I get a call from the driver as I'm leaving. I can't do anything about it. I have to leave. And so these people gathered together. They pulled together after working four, five, six hours here on a work day. And they assembled all of those tables out there. Pulling together. And they had a blast. They had a blast doing it. And near as I can tell, those tables are still standing. But it's not so much about the tables, is it? Every time we have an event where people are sitting out there, every time we get to sit and counsel with somebody at those tables, every time your kids get to hear a story about Christ, on and on and on, it's because these people assembled those tables. This was our group that was at Lake Tahoe last week for our, our getaway. We learned real quick that unless we pulled together, a lot of things weren't going to get done that week or that weekend. It was a tremendous retreat. And I just want to say thank you again to all those that pulled together and worked so hard so that there were things that, that fed us that will last. There is a reward waiting for those that served in that capacity. Right here, next week, we have a U40 service. What's a U40 service? It's supposedly when you're under 40 and you're given the, the keys to the kingdom. We have all of our under 40s, as much as we possibly can do this, run our services that day. And so next week, do not miss because you're in for a great, great opportunity to hear something that will last. Why are we trying to invest on that level? Because a lot of churches don't. A lot of churches don't want to turn over control. If we do not bring in and hand those keys to the kingdom over, this will not last. This will not last. Next. This right here was an Arabic ministry night. Um, where are all my... Oh, Philip. Philip, what, 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 what did you all call this? And you had people from Sacramento, you had people from Danville, you had people from all over, right? It was absolutely packed. And this happened because they pulled together. It was a thrilling thing to see every chair used in here. It was a thrilling thing to walk out in the parking lot and see every spot taken. It was a thrilling thing to know that we didn't just do that, we didn't have those kind of crowds, and there was an emptiness as you left the building. There wasn't an emptiness. There was a richness within the hearts of the people because of what they heard that it was brought to them and built to last. Right here, this was our Good Friday service. 
And our Indian fellowship blessed us with a song in, was it Telugu? Punjabi. Punjabi. I'm never going to get it right. Um, I didn't understand a lick of it, but I understood all of it. Do you understand? So, again, other aspects of what God is building here, confirming what He has invited us to. Next. Who would have ever thought we could do this on our front lawn? Who would have ever thought we'd let sheep just roam around freely? Is that... I, I, I can't make out all those people. Callie, I think you're in there somewhere. I don't know. Um, there's Sony. You can always make out Sony. I think Hanny's right there. Just a great, great event that happens in the winter. And you know what? It makes an impact that lasts. We don't just do this and put all that effort in so that it can go pfft. Right? This is done as outreach. Now, if we do not invite friends and neighbors and it's just us standing on the front lawn freezing and put, throwing on robes, then it, there's no value to it. But why we do this is so that people understand as they drive around and they're told that they need to go to malls and they need to go see lights, that they can see something like this my favorite part of, the, of last year was Dale Shell going and purchasing on his own uh, a sky, what do you call those things? A skylight, spotlight. He just went and purchased on his, on his own because he believed in what, and he's like, we've got to draw more people here. We've got to draw more people here. That's pulling together. Right here. Does anybody remember what that was? Immigrant hope. The EFCA held a national conference here in our church, in our facilities, and they said it was one of the best conferences they've ever had and loved the facilities that you guys have pulled together to make here. And this ministry is going out all over the United States and having an effect and impact on people who desperately need help and desperately need Christ. Oh, I can't forget this. You guys remember Lifetime? How many of you remember Lifetime? It's been two years since we've been able to do it, but that, that ministry has results that last. It has results that last. Tremendous results. And it's our prayer that as God has blessed us with what He's given us and as He's building here, we're going to be able to bring this ministry back. What else? Agape Feast, youth group. In this bottom corner, we see the marriage conference. A equipping ministry. Did we just have like 10 people show up? Did everything work? Everything worked. The place was beautiful. The media worked. The sound worked. The facilities worked. And because all of that worked, we hosted an incredible uh, night of ministry to enrich and enhance marriages. Because we invest, you invest, in a ministry called Right Now Media. We were able to host this event to build into marriages with relevant and spiritual teaching. And it was packed. Do you think the results of all that work are results that will last? These are the things I'm proud of at CBC. 
So why did I hit this up again? Well, for those of you that were here last week and we had quite a few empty chairs, this is a beautiful picture of what our sanctuary can look like on any given Sunday. On any given Sunday, if we are pulling together with the Lord, if we are abiding with Him, and if we ask in His name, there's no reason why we can't have this. You'll notice that this parking lot is full. I have been informed that there were years where the parking lot here at CBC was not full. The question is, are we being faithful? Remember the, the parable. Are we being faithful with God, what God has given to us, or are we being lazy with it? Are we pulling together with the Lord, or are we being lazy with it and settling for the lowest possible watermark? I think you all get excited when this happens. Philip, were you all excited at the attendance? I will not get to that, but there's few hands who raised by such Jesus at that time. So we need to put some lights up. I don't know, three or more. Wow. <laughs> That's built to last. That is built to last. Part of our vision statement is this, a church whose influence is felt in heaven and earth and hell. If we build according to that, if we pull together according to that, the reward will be full. Our work will not be burned up. Amen? There is no greater thing that you can do or I can do by partnering and abiding with Christ than to steal someone's reservation out of hell. No greater thing and so you'll have every opportunity with what we're talking about with our build campaign. You will have every opportunity to make that happen. We just have to do it correctly, right? We have to build on the foundation of Christ. These are all things that I'm remembering that are fond memories of mine. <laughs> things that will last while I've been here at Concord Bible Church. Oh, wait a minute. I don't know what happened there. I don't know how that snuck in. You know it's going to show itself once a year. <laughs> Pulling together is this idea that Treya espoused while in the act of what we did, that if I had told you, hey, everybody stay, stay after church, we're all going to go pick weeds together. I don't know how many of you would have shown up, but I have yet to find a person that was angry about it. I have yet to find a person that didn't have a smile on their face while doing it for five minutes. It was an amazing lesson. Let me take you into some scripture this morning that's going to help us understand this to a greater level. John 15. Many of you know this passage. It's the I am the vine, you are the branches passage. And I want you to focus on verse 7 and 8. We have it up on the screen and it's this concept, it's this idea, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is a promise from God Almighty. I wonder how often we take Him up on this. Now there's a key to it. How many of you have desired something for a long time, you keep asking, you keep asking, you're just not getting it, so it's hard to believe in this verse. 
Sometimes we ask for things that we just selfishly want. That has nothing to do with the kingdom and, and, and God's agenda. Sometimes we ask for things that seem to be good, but they're not in God's timing. I refer back to, had he said these words to Mary and Martha prior to their brother passing away, they would have scoffed. Do you get it? Do you make the logical sense of it? Ask what, well, we asked, we sent someone up to tell you to come and you just waited until he died. What do you mean, ask whatever I want? Let me ask you something. Did Lazarus raise from the dead? He did, but did they go through the sorrow of losing their brother? Did they go through the challenge of their faith in thinking about who they believed Jesus to be and yet in the moment he didn't show up the way they wanted him to show up? So much of the time, brothers and sisters, we, we partition Christ the way we want to because we're not abiding with Him. There's a conditional part of this promise that if we're going to ask, and He will answer, right? Ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. That is conditional to us doing what? Abiding in Him. Brothers and sisters, if we're abiding in Him, as He leads us, as He invites us, and then He confirms the work that He's doing, do you not believe that if you ask in context to that, He will work it out? He does not betray His own promises. So we have to start here. As a matter of fact, that's what the sermon title is today. And you can take out your sermon notes and start writing things down, especially this idea. We need to start asking but we have to ask as we abide in Him. Next, I want to take you to another promise. As Peter and the disciples are in those last moments with Christ at His ministry and He's transitioning into the Holy Week, Jesus turns to Peter and has a slight conversation and they're in an area that's incredibly pagan. It makes Las Vegas look good. And this is an area that the Roman world said was the entrance to the gate to Hades. And there's an actual cave there. If you've ever gone to Caesarea Philippi, you know what I'm talking about. There's a cave that they believed was the entrance to Hades, and they'd set up idol worship there. And so the disciples, it is assumed by scholars that they're having this conversation about all that happens in that sense. And this is where the magic happens, where Jesus turns to Peter and He says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church. Now, some people would think he's talking about the rocks that are there at Caesarea Philippi. No. Some would say that he's speaking specifically about Peter. His name means rock. It's an easy interpretation, so therefore that's where we get the lineage of the popes, right? And the apostolic passage that comes down through Peter. And that's not necessarily what Christ was saying. It started with Peter, and it continues through his people. He's saying, I am going to partner with man. I am going to build my church through you. I could do it on my own. I don't need you. I can do it through miraculous ways, but this is what I choose. I choose to do it through you. By the way, how many of you are hiring Peter, the three-time liar and the man of violence, to be your pastor? If this guy ran for public office, they would assassinate him. Nobody would vote for him, but Jesus said, Peter, you're my guy. 
Isn't that interesting? He chose Peter, and then he chose Paul to be the greatest evangelist, the guy who was persecuting the church. It is amazing how we qualify great leaders today. Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the, of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There's a lot of controversy as to what this means. What I can tell you that it means is that you have access. You and I, if we're abiding in him, we have access to the power of heaven. The very power we see realized and lived out by these heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. Do we live this way? Do we ask because we know we've been granted this promise? Sometimes we do. And we see great things happen. We see great things happen. As we keep pulling together this morning, I want to take you to, again, the, the passage I've shared with you already. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Now watch this. Enter into the joy of your master. Have you ever wondered what is required to please God? There are some that preach an insipid doctrine that God is not pleased with man. I don't know how that works with the very words of Jesus Christ. You and I, based off of our choices to build and partner and pull together with Him to accomplish His will, we please the Almighty. Do we ask accordingly? Do we ask as if the keys to the kingdom have been given to us? Do we ask as if God is actually partnering with us? I remember doing a triathlon my senior summer before I went off to college. I didn't look like this most of my life. so uh, I did the biking part and I, and I was okay at biking, but I was actually smarter than I was great at biking. So I hired, I didn't hire, these were my friends, but I pulled together a team. I pulled together, did you hear what I'm saying? I pulled together a team, a top CIF cross-country cross -country runner and a top CIF swimmer. And both those guys came in first or second in their place amongst 800 athletes. We took seventh. Do the math. What did Jeremy do? <laughs> we took seventh and we got these ceramic, stupid medallions. And I hung on to that thing for so long and I realized I really stunk in this. I mean, I pulled them together so we got the ceramic, but I could like make this out of Play-Doh and, and breathe on it and it would look the same. So that thing's gone, I think. But the idea was that I knew I couldn't do it on my own. Now, you had the option to run the triathlon on your own, but thank God I didn't make that choice. Brothers and sisters, my question to you is, are you trying to build on your own? Because according to what Paul's saying, is if you're doing that, it's how disappointing. Not just when we stand before the Lord, but, but the results that happen here. Have you ever been part of something that God has partnered with you on? It is amazing. It is a shot of spiritual adrenaline. This is what we want to build here at CBC. 
or continue to build. We want each person to enter into the joy of their master. So let me get into the brass tacks of this. What is being built? Well, lives are being built. Tools like right now media and, and other things and, and Bible studies are being built. Families are being built here. Leaders are being built. Disciples are being built. Spiritual treasure is being built at CBC. All of these things are being built to last. The question next is, how will they handle the stress test? Have you ever put your stuff through a stress test? Have you ever said, no, 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 don't stand on that. Luke's building some props for VBS. And I'm looking at them, they look really, really good. And so I pulled it off the, the wall. It's a bunch of pallet wood that he's built a, a kind of a wall. And I just wanted to see if it would stress test with my body jumping up and down on it. Um, why, why are you laughing? Someone, there was a palpable chuckle to my right. Um, Luke, does that make you nervous that I was jumping up and down on your stuff? <laughs> He's like, it's okay. Okay, that's not the way I thought, saw that going. Okay, I actually didn't do that. Um, I just wanted to make you nervous, and, and apparently you survived the stress test. Well done, my friend, because he knows what he built. What are you building? What are you building? Are we building something to last? In the background there, you see the thing that God has provided for us. This is what I get to share with you. After service today, we're having a modified second quarter uh, meeting. And what we're going to do during that meeting is share with you the build campaign and what that looks like. I'm going to give you a little taste tester of it right now. But part of what I sent out to you earlier this week, and it's up on the website, uh, just click on the website under Build to Last campaign, and you'll see a very long history of where are we? In 2016, the Lord said, I'm going to do a new thing here. I brought that to the elders. That required us to ask the school to find a new place to relocate. In the midst of all of that, God provided extra uh, rooms and facilities for us. Our children's ministry will tell you that we desperately need that extra room. We also have a vision for having more staff. And we need offices for that staff. We also have a vision for having a counseling center. We have a vision for having more ABFs, for more Bible studies. We don't have any room to do that. We actually ran the insurance this past week for our new blessings from the Lord. And one building has, to be, has been insured as replacement cost over $360,000. That's the children's wing. The office one was insured replacement cost, I think, at 165000 Do you understand we have nowhere close to that kind of money? Do you understand what the Lord just dropped in our laps? Do you understand that with permits, this is the challenge that the school is facing, they, they can't sell the modulars because the permits cost so much money and they take so much time that people get disinterested. There's no guarantee that the, the, the county would have permitted us bringing on new modulars if we could have afforded them. God works supernaturally in partnering with us. He has a plan. The question is, He has invited us to that in 2016. We said yes. 
We've seen multiple things happening at this church that are incredibly exciting that require us to have more room. That was confirmation. The Lord brought that confirmation. You just heard Philip talk a little bit about it. On and on it goes. Now the affirmation is up to you. Are you going to affirm, am I going to affirm what God is doing at CBC? It will show, as, as John says, therefore prove by the production of your fruit, prove that you are my disciples. It's time for us to prove that we believe what God is doing here and to step up. So we have a challenge in front of us. I went through this morning and I took pictures of just some of what God has blessed us with. I have opened every door over there. After service, for five minutes while we're converting this over for lunch, I encourage you to go over, walk through, just smell it. <laughs> okay? Just smell it. And you'll know why we're going to be making some changes that we have to make. But I'm going to show you some pictures of where we want to go. These are the kind of things that we want to see our rooms look like. You know what all the church models say is that when you build something, you're not building it for your own people, you're building it for the people that are visiting your church. Because when they walk in a room, it says everything about the first, first level. I wish it wasn't this way, it shouldn't be done this way, but it is this way in America. That you will be judged off of if they walk in a room that has a leaky roof and smells like a raccoon died in there, and it's 90 degrees in heat, and there's no AC, and on and on and on it goes. Look, God wouldn't give us this if He wasn't going to make a way. And so this is what we want to see happen. Our monument sign, this is just an example of one of the things we can do with our monument sign to make it look so much... We are not Stony Plain. We're not changing our name to Stony Plain. It's just an example, folks. All right? But it would look a lot better than what we have now, and it lets people know there's something new happening here. There's not a worn-out sign out front covered by weeds that sends a message to thousands of commuters going by. These are the two things that we'll make available to you that are part of the plan that we're putting together. I don't expect you to read it. Not here. I expect you to read it, but not here. This first phase has everything to do with what it's going to cost for us, and these are estimated costs to make the children's ministries building happen and the counseling meeting happen. We'll talk about this during second service. The other part is phase two, folks. This is where we want every person who says they abide in Christ here at Concord Bible to do this. We desire you to do exactly what Jesus has promised you. We want you to abide with him. We want you to recognize that he says he's doing something new here. He's given us room to grow. He expects us to grow, but he wants to do it with you. He wants to pull together with you. And so where we're going to encourage you to start is to ask. Because did he not promise? We're going to encourage you to ask. And here's the specifics. We're going to give you the... the, the the direction of asking him to bring to your mind or in intersecting into your life individuals that desperately need to know him. And that once those individuals have come to your mind, you start praying for opportunities to reach out to them. 
Now, maybe some of those opportunities come through outreach moments that we're going to have a schedule of next week that you can bring people. How many of you realize that I'm doing a sermon series over summer, this hero series, is designed for you to bring people, right? We have put it in place. There will be things that we have all summer long over these next two months that are there for you to invite people to. What is the number one reason we will not succeed? Fear. Fear. Let me ask you, if you haven't learned yet from Hebrews 11 what each of those heroes of the faith dealt with, if they weren't dealing with fear, first and foremost, I can't name another subject. If you want to abide in Christ, if you want to grow spiritually, you need to put yourself into a position where you depend on His promise for Him to show up. And you should have some fear. Because if you have some fear, it shows you're in the fight. If you want to remain comfortable, then I want you to go back and I want you to think about Moses trying to lead the people. And how they drugged their feet. And how they said, we probably should have just stayed in Egypt. Read the whole story. When God says He is moving and doing something, it is an exciting thing to get on board with Him. It's also fearful because something will be required of you. But as that happens, you heard our main text. We're building on the foundation of Christ. When you build to last, you ask because you abide with Him. And when you do so, you see Him work incredibly. We pulled weeds together. Jesus was not in that. That will go poof. Those weeds are coming back. I'll just let you know. We're going to have Dale hit it with some Roundup. Right? But imagine if we pulled together for a spiritual emphasis like Philip was talking about. More lights. By the way, my question to you is this, when we're talking about build the last, what in this room... What's the one thing you would say you need to hang on to? We need to hang on to. What shouldn't go? What? Folks? Hope. Faith. Yes, those are, those are generic. I'm talking physical. The cross. The work on the cross is done. I agree. The cross is staying. There's a lot of churches that don't have crosses anymore. But God's work still happens at those churches. But yes, the, the cross isn't going anywhere. If I had my choice between the lights, which is the active work of Christ being manifested through us pulling together, versus an image of the cross which stays in our hearts, I'd choose the lights every time. Because the lights are the result of the cross. Are you fearful? Because I was in 2015. When I came to y'all and I said, hey, I think we should build a sport court. A what, what? A sport court. You know, because we have so many athletes here that are going to be using this all the time. We're going to put in Awana Square, which makes a lot of sense because we canceled Awana three years ago. I couldn't believe you bought it. I felt like I could run for office after that. 
Peter, you're just out there Wednesday playing, hooping with some guys. Yesterday morning, there's a bunch of guys that come from all over our city and from Pittsburgh. They play here Saturday mornings. I, I hurt my knee out there like a year ago, whatever. And so I haven't been able to play, and I've wanted to go out and play with these guys. But every, every time I see somebody on our sport court from the community, I go out and I engage with them. Every time. Because that was the vision. Right? A little bit of, if you build it, they will what? They'll come. How come you know that, but you don't know Scripture? I don't know what's going on around here. So, the only way that that sport court happened was because we pulled together. That project, you raised $65,000 in three months to make a sport court happen. What we're talking about doing affects our children's ministries every single week, two to three times a week, maybe five days a week eventually, and eventually a counseling program that will change lives forever, built to last. I'm not diminishing this because let me share with you, my prayer was that while I can't get out there, the Lord would raise somebody up. When I went out two weeks ago on a Saturday and engaged with those guys, I got a knock on my door about a half hour later. It was one of the guys playing out there I don't know, probably 35, 40 years old, and he introduced himself to me. He's a pastor from Harvest Church. And he said, I heard one of these guys is, is one of my guys that I met on my street, and I heard about him hooping, so I thought I'd come out here for an evangelism effort. Did we not pray for that? You know what? If God won't raise up someone here to do evangelism through our sports ministry, he'll raise up someone somewhere. And isn't it amazing that that's happening even though I can't get out there because my knee's busted? God follows through with his promises. Now, if you like that story, just imagine what's going to happen over here. Just imagine what's going to happen over here. Just imagine what's going to continue to happen here. We're not going to have enough room for, for light bulbs here because of the things that we're building to last and the way that the kingdom is going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And there will be a reward to what we're doing. As I finish this morning, we're going to give you details about all of this at the second quarter meeting during lunch we're going to feed you that's to that's to get you excited about everything you're much more you're much more manageable when you're fed i know i am that's what my wife says he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose this is what we want to do at cbc through all the five e's behind me through our mission statement through our vision statement, they all point to this kind of focus, this kind of action. I encourage you, think about this on a personal level. What are you building into your life personally? Because if you put yourself into abiding with Christ, it will require something from you, but there will be great reward. Great reward. So my encouragement, my takeaway for you today is ask. This is where we start. Ask. Because when I felt the Lord tell me in 2016, Jeremy, I have a new thing for Concord Bible. I said, well, Lord, I'm going to have to ask some things then. And they seem insurmountable. I thought about that as I sat in the Sacramento office a week ago Friday, signing the titles to our new ministry centers. How tremendous. Let me close in prayer. And then we have a special time of asking. 
We're not just going to say this in word, we're going to do it in deed. As I pray, I want you to be thinking what you would ask God, and then we're going to have an open time of prayer for about five minutes, and then we have a special presentation, and then music. Um, we want to recognize our graduates. Now, graduates, I want you to think, most of you went to school at some point in your life, I'm guessing, all of you, right? How many of you just showed up to class and expected the grades to fall on your lap? I actually know a couple people that thought that. You worked for it, didn't you? How many of you didn't show up to take a test because you feared what was going to happen on the test? You may have done that, but you learned real quick that doesn't do anything. That gets you in deeper. And so you worked harder. Can I tell you that that effort does great things? If we were to apply half that effort to the spiritual kingdom, we would do incredible things. We just have to be disciplined. So we're going to celebrate these, these graduates here in just a moment. But I want you to be thinking, what would you ask? And then we're going to give you a time of our church to openly pray and ask God to do work that will last. So um, let me pray, and then you just, as the Lord leads you, you ask for prayer on that level as well. Father, move, continue to move among us. Continue to lead us into a, um, an, a, an abiding relationship with you. Father, continue to work within our hearts so we pull together with you first and then with each other. Continue to show us what you're building through us here at CBC. Thank you that there are so many things that we can reflect on that we have put our, our, our hands to the plow and that those will yield a spiritual reward. I believe you're pleased with our church, Father, but I believe that you expect much more. So blow off the cobwebs. Break off the rust. Do what is required that we overcome the fear of asking. Lead us through your spirit and through your word. Thank you, Father.